All right, what is the fate of Jennifer Crumbly after days of testimony, after days of, of evidence, and days of the jury hearing what each side wants them to hear? What is the outcome for Jennifer Crumbly? It's where we talk to Todd, Flaw of, of, Todd Flood of Flood Law, and he joins us. Todd, good to have you back. Chris, it's always a pleasure, my friend. A pleasure. Uh, let's go. Let's rewind a couple of days here. Um, it was, a, yeah. I think, a, certainly a surprise to some by opening Jennifer Crumbly up to to the the witness stand. It would open her up to cross examination. What did you make of the defense and the prosecution's uh, examination of her? Uh, so, I mean, I, I think the uh, it was a well rehearsed. Uh, um, defense direct examination uh there was uh, it was all self-serving it wasn't didn't feel or uh, to me it didn't come off as is completely genuine and uh i'm not sure um you know whether or not jurors had their their arms folded during the time frame of her direct examination and and i will say you know i i think mark uh um did a, a good job. I, I don't, I think he truncated his cross-examination um, quite a bit. Uh, I, I, you know, he put the key in the door, but I don't think he always turned the key um, because there was a lot of crescendo that was supposed to take place of the aha moment of, you know, uh, he, he starts off with, well, you understand you just took an oath. So everybody and their brother knows exactly what that means. You know, he's going to start to talk about her lying or lying under oath. And so he gets into that and then he starts to impeach and get through with um, dismantling to the to the way he could because uh, uh, that she was a good mom. She was the helicopter mom. She was there all the time. But if you look at it, um, <clears throat> there were some great points he brought up to show, hey, listen, you know, you, your digital footprint showed that you really weren't with your son, or in fact that you know you you you'd rather be someplace else than you know with him. So I I I would not have uh, telegraphed that one she was going to take the stand like defense counsel did. Two I I think her testimony in my experience became too self serving um, and was somewhat deflated by the prosecution. So in terms of even aside from the decision to put her on the stand, which is, you know, some some defense attorneys or prosecutors will look at that one way or the other. You know, you don't always sure. want your 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 defendant to be opened up to cross. But that's 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 fine. That was this, the, the decision that was made in terms right. of the the onus is on the prosecution. It's on right. them to prove guilt, to prove negligence, to prove that these are two dirtbag parents that didn't pay attention to their son, that led to the the deaths and, and, and you know, irreparable harm mentally, physically to a number of different people at that school. Did they did they prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt? Do you think the prosecution? Beyond a reasonable doubt, not beyond a shadow, beyond a reasonable. Did they prove that? So. You know, you bring up a good point, and I was just explaining this to a group of lawyers uh, just prior to coming on. You had to have some knowledge. You had to show, you know, not that they're bad parents, not that they're bad parents. You had to show that these bad parents had knowledge that their son, it was reasonably foreseeable 
that he would do something horrific with this gun. And um, I think when you go through, uh, you know, all the evidence, I think the, the, the government has given enough to the jury to say and hang their hat on that it was reasonably foreseeable that you give this deadly weapon to this kid or fail to act. Not only act, but failure to act um, was a it was a foreseeable outcome that uh, something ugly could happen, including death. Right. So I, I think their check boxes are there. You have to go through it. I what I think is confusing for a lot of people is conflating something. Being a bad parent doesn't make you criminally liable for the act of a kid. It doesn't. You have to have something more. You have to have a duty, and you have to fail to do that duty, or you do some, some overt act to assist. Here, there's so many, Chris, there's so many things where just ordinary care, if you would have just given ordinary care. If, if, if I was, I, I haven't seen the, the, the closing yet, but if I was in, given that closing as a government, I would say, hey, you, you know, you know what the alternative, you know what ordinary care is, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Ordinary care is this. You're in a meeting. You see that the, your son has drafted this ugly, disgusting picture of death. You see that there's a gun in the photograph or in the picture. Ordinary care would be this. You know what? Can I have a minute with my, my son, uh, Mr. Principal, Mr. Counselor, Mr. Teacher? Yeah. Okay. You guys step up. Hey, son, he, where's the gun right now? That's ordinary care, mm. right? Failing to do that, I think, is, is um, you know, is that gross negligence when you have knowledge that your son is in peril. Um, and, I, I, you know, we'll see. I haven't seen the defense closing argument. I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I call it as you see it. I, I don't think the defense was – uh, well prepared, um, and there's only one defense in this case. You know, it it, it is you got the wrong person here. I I did not do the shooting, right? Mm -hmm. And I had no knowledge here. And you got to put the the plan B. And there were so many things that you could have seen. Uh, I for the life of me, you know, this counselor that uh, Hawkins that gets all these emails. You know, from the Spanish teacher, from the English teacher saying, you know, he's uh, uh, and from uh, another teacher on the day of the shooting. He's yeah. looking at bullets. You know, there's so much uh, there. If I was the defense attorney, I'd be saying I never knew any of that. They didn't tell me that. And why isn't he sitting in this chair? Right. So there, there's a lot to that. And I think that was Hopkins. But anyway, at the yeah. end of the day, I think that the defense was not as prepared as the this case deserved. I have about 30 seconds left here. How does this, how whatever the outcome is in the Jennifer Crumbly case, how does that affect the James Crumbly case, do you think? It gives a roadmap for the defense of what works, what doesn't work. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, there's, there's going to be a better preparation for the defense uh, than you would have seen in this case. Mm, interesting stuff. Todd Flood, uh, great insight, analysis as always. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll, we'll catch up again soon.
Chris, thank you, my friend. You have a great weekend. You got it. That's Todd Flood at the Flood Law. If you want to weigh in, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. An interesting story out of Politico today as well. Talking about the way that Joe Biden not only thinks about Donald Trump, but what he says about him. I have a question for you about what you want your president to be. And we'll do that coming up as well. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. All that and more as we continue here on JR Afternoon.